What's up, legends? It is Travis here with the Fit Dad Club podcast with Jason Barrett. How are you doing today, Jace? Doing really good. I got a fresh haircut, uh, so I lost like 500 grams yesterday. Feeling good. Uh, the scale didn't move, though, so that's actually, to me, that's a bit of a problem. Um, so I've gained 500 grams in a day on a haircut. Oh, mate. Uh, I tried to have a haircut yesterday, and I rocked up for my appointment. And then I sat there for 25 minutes and they still hadn't got me done. I had an next appointment like five minutes later. And as soon as they called me up, I was like, guys, I've got to leave. So when you book uh, in for something and they give you a time, I feel like they should be ready. Anyway, it means yeah, I'm, I'm wearing, wearing a hat today. I'm wearing, it's a, like hat. A, I'm wearing a hat. It's like a doctor's appointment. That's the worst thing. Yeah. It was like, my wife said this. She's like, oh, they, um, they say if you don't show up at least five minutes before your appointment, uh, then we'll, you'll cancel it and you have to pay a cancellation fee. But then she gets there and it's like, they don't call it in for fucking half an hour. I'm like, that's ridiculous. But um, for anyone yeah. listening, you'll be a couple of days late, but it is actually TJ's birthday. So happy birthday to TJ. Thanks, mate. Uh, committed, showing up for you guys on his, uh, on his day of birth. Um, 39 years young now. 39, mate, 39, not 40 yet. So um, basically uh, 40 in the eyes of the ads. <laughs> exactly. In the eyes of the uh, the ads on Facebook and Instagram and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, people think I'm 20, some people, and some people just want to abuse me, but we are here. Problems. You, uh, yes. are, you get mistaken for a 20 year old bodybuilder on TRT if you do this program. <laughs> exactly. That's how anabolic uh, it is. <laughs> exactly, guys. So uh, thanks, guys. Yep, it is my birthday, and we're showing up here today because we're talking about how to get a six pack now i want to preface this before we get started if all of a sudden you listen it's like well i don't want a six pack i want you to stop yourself and actually ask yourself a quality question why don't you want a six pack right or i don't want a six pack because of what because it's too hard to get okay well listen to this podcast because we'll show you how it's actually not that hard to get um i want i don't want that because that's vain well why is it vain because you it have achieved a level of aesthetics with your health where you're lean enough for your abs to show. Um, it like, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, guys. All it is, it means you're carrying a low enough body fat, which in reality, somewhere between eight to 10% body fat will get you uh, six pack abs. Um, you know, there's a reason why, uh, oh, there's a reason why essentially men's health, they're all having abs on the front cover of men's health. One, because they just look good. That's, that's essentially you, you know, looking great and the best version of you in your health somewhat if we're looking at as far as fitness, strength, energy, all the rest of it. We're not talking about like 2% lean veins coming up your abs, guys, or anything like that. For sure, it's not the best version of you because you're going to be tired, hungry, and probably annoying all the time. But just having some visible abs there, showing that you're lean, strong, and are dedicated to your health and fitness I think if anything, if you took off your shirt, people go, that guy looks after himself. That guy actually mm -hmm. cares about his body. And it's an easy thing. And we don't do it for what other people think for sure. But it is sometimes nice to have a couple of looks. We're human beings. We are human beings, guys. So we're going to tell you today on how to get a six pack. Do you have any thoughts about this, Chase? I think it's, uh, I mean, it's it's divisive for a lot of people. Like a lot of people think of um, having a six pack, as you said, is is vanity um, and they see it as, oh, it's pointless. Like what's the point? It's not even, you know, for a lot of people, they're thinking that like, you know, shredded all the way down, call them dick abs, right? All the way down where people wear their pants to the like base of their dick and their, their, their hips are showing. Um, 
you know, even if you had a visible four pack, that's mm. still better than 90% of people in terms of the level of body fat you're carrying and also the level of muscle mass that you need. Cause you can't just be super skinny and have defined abs. You've got to have a level of muscle mass to stretch the skin tight enough mm. that it, you know, reveals the muscle. This is in, in essence, what creates the tone that a lot of people are looking for. Right. And this is a quote that's been going around for me for the last couple of days with a lot of client stuff and a lot of just things that have been going through is it's not about the end result. That's not the point of a goal. The, the beauty of a goal, or I guess the point of a goal is in who you become on the, in the process of achieving it. So it's not about, Mm. it's not about having the abs actually is fucking meaningless. It's about who you become in pursuit of the abs. For me, it was a goalpost that I never thought I would reach. And it's a goalpost that I think there's a lot of guys out there that they never think they'll they'll ever be able to see that you know in their life. And for some guys, you know, if you've got excess like skin and body fat, there's going to be a time where you might need to cut off some skin and get sort of that sort of skin tightening surgery, which is is a relevant factor. But apart from those extreme cases, you can achieve it. And for me, it was this moment where I was like, fuck, I've got abs for the first time in my life. It actually was not that hard. It just took a grind. It took discipline. It took, you know, we'll go through all the details of how you do it in the podcast. But then I was able to be proud of myself and say, yeah, you know what? I stuck it out, even though it was hard and I achieved the thing that I thought I would never have. I wonder what else in my life I've been gating myself from achieving because I just think, oh, it's too hard or I'll never achieve that for some random bullshit reason. That's not true. Yeah, dude, it's very interesting. Um, like a couple of guys or a few, 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 few of the guys I've coached um, who are dads, um, they don't believe they can get abs um, because of time constraints. And obviously we'll cover that. Um, and we covered that in a whole podcast the other week, about 15 minutes a day is all you need as far as when we're looking at minimal effective dose with training. Mm-hmm. But they all say, I don't want abs. They'll say, I don't want it because the fact they don't believe they can get it. So if I say to someone, oh, would you like to, uh, would you like a you know, million dollars? Obviously, some people will start to say they don't want a million dollars because of the tax implications from, there's going to be a percentage of people that say they don't want something based on their limiting beliefs. Then all of my like, friends and family are going to want some money. I'm yeah, the exactly. The news crews will beat no, uh, Yeah, I don't much. want that. Yeah, it's too hard. So Give it depends it on, yeah, exactly. Depends on where your limiting beliefs are. Um, I don't like, you know, I don't want that because, one, I don't want the perceived effort required to achieve that goal. That's what happens. So they say automatically, I don't want it um, because there's a lack of education there. Or they don't want it because it's linked to, oh, people with abs are just like up themselves and vain. And it's like, well, no, they are disciplined, consistent, and focused. So if you flip it on its head, are they just really consistent, disciplined people? Yeah, most probably. So those uh, aspects carry over into other areas of their life. Um would you see people with abs are higher in confidence? I would say a lot of people who have abs have pretty good confidence, right? Mm. And whether that's not saying you need abs for confidence, obviously confidence is just innate inside us. But when you're down the beach and like you take off your shirt or don't take off your shirt, there's a level of confidence that oozes when you're so comfortable and happy inside your body. And that does come with abs. Are you strong when your kids poke you in the belly? You know, <laughs> do you have abs? And even my kids the other day, it's like, they, as bad as it is, it's like they do see someone with a, not as bad as it is. I think it's just kids understand these days, right? Mm. Social media, all the rest of us, right? They see people who are overweight and they see people with abs. And they also equate health to abs, which isn't 
you know, true, but this is what our kids say, that our kids do see at the start and we educate them over time. So I was like, oh, dad has abs, dad's strong, dad's fit, dad looks after himself. So, and they see people with over, who are overweight that they don't do that, right? So I think it's like, it's a, it's a marker, one marker that you care for your body and it is a priority in your life. If you lined up 10 people in a row and, you know, all took off their shirt, I can tell you who cares for their body and who doesn't. It's just, it's a simple visual test, right? And I think, you know, just a outline of your abs means you're carrying a level of body fat. You know, like I said, eight to 10, 10 to 12 will show you a bit of a four pack um, as far as body fat percentages. And you got these people actually train. These people, you know, they do eat some donuts, but they still also eat pretty healthy as well, right? They enjoy their life and they still train pretty well. And I think that this is what we want to talk about today. And also, I, I did a poll on my Facebook the other day. I had a bunch of comments, mostly actually from females. It was the best um, engagement you ever had. <laughs> yeah, it was huge. Um, because a couple of the guys have said, my wife doesn't want me to get abs. And one of the girls said, she probably doesn't want you to get abs because she's afraid you'll leave her, um, which isn't the truth, but, or you'll make her feel insecure because you're make, you're becoming healthy and she isn't, which could be uh, closer to the truth. That is a hundred percent something that I've, uh, I think even a couple of my clients have said to me is, is they, when they've gone on programs like this, their, their wife or their partner has gotten insecure because it's happened before where they haven't changed, but it's like their partner's changed. And then they've decided to move on to, you know, do different things. And it's less about the abs and it's more about a misalignment of values, right? Because mm. if you are getting with a partner and they are, you know, they're, for example, they're overweight and they're, you know, they don't really care about their health that much. And you decide, yeah, I'm going to go on this health kick. And they're like, nah, no, I'm, I'm good. You're cool. You still love them, still care about them. You go on this health kick, you start getting into it. You start getting into the gym, you start getting into, you know, uh, healthy foods and prepping meals and that kind of stuff. And then over time that becomes more and more of who you are. And all of a sudden there's this misalignment where your partner it doesn't give a shit about that at all. doesn't care. And it's like, well, my health is actually a really big part of my life. I want to go for a walk with you. I want to go on a hike, but you're saying you want to stay in and order pizza and watch Netflix. It's like, it starts to become a fundamental misalignment of values. And so as a result, I'm not telling people to go out there and you know get divorced if, you're, if your wife has, hasn't got a four pack or a six pack or something. But um, yeah, you know, if you are on this journey and your wife doesn't really care about it at all, it's like, it's time to have a hard time conversation. Like, Look, my health is really important to me. Um, this is why I'm doing this. You know, I'm, I, I'm not doing doing this to, you know, I, I'm not telling you, you have to do it or anything like that, but I'm saying this is a very important thing to me at a fundamental level. And that day, I mean, you know, it does, it does evoke a deeper conversation around, well, you know, if this is a value for you and it's not a value for her, how big of an issue is that going to be in your life? So, um, you know, if, if it brings up shit, good, but it, you have to address the shit. Yeah. Cause I think there has to be, if you're embarking and want to just sustain a true healthy lifestyle, um, and want to become the best version of you, then it doesn't mean your your partner has to be a gym rat or anything like that. Mm. But they can't be, you know, eating KFC every single night and just watching Netflix for their whole life, right? And not and also they don't even have to have like similar goals in the health regime, but they have to go, you know what, like I, I want to go for walks with you because I enjoy spending time with you. And it's, it's, it's time where we can be present together and essentially be in nature. I want to be, they want to also be a role model for my, for their kids. And I think it also, I've talked to my guys over the years um, that I've coached and when they've had these issues with their partner and the, it's like, they feel like their partner's sabotaging them sometimes, or it starts to be a, a bit of a, um, like a, a bit of a nag in the relationship. 
I was like, well, you have to actually explain why you want the result. And it's like we actually talked about the start of the, con- the start of the program because if they're feeling self-conscious and they think you're trying to change their, your, their, your life and be healthy and, you know, essentially get abs so you're more attractive to other people, one, they're not secure in your relationship anyway, right? Mm. So you probably have to work on that. Um, but two, you actually have to say, no, like, I just want to become the healthiest version of me because I want to be a role model for our kids, right? And I know if you're listening to this, you have kids. It's the Fit Dad Club podcast, right? It's not the No Dad podcast. So it's like, so (laughs) you got kids, guys. So uh, it means that we've got a partner, you have kids. And if you say, I'm doing this because I want to be a role model and this is why, your partner's actually going to support you because they're not going to say, I don't want you to be a healthy role model for our kids. They're just not going to do it, guys. So I think what you have to understand is why you're doing this and then also communicate because we actually have a lack of communication sometimes in as parents or as partners. It's just how it is as human beings. So if we properly communicate why we're doing and on the pursuit of this journey, then we get supported better by our partner. So like there's that breakdown communication that stops that. But that's the the why. And all the every single female bar, I think one female, they had like a hundred comments there said they would love, they started even getting detailed about what they'd love on their partner. Um, bicep veins and abs and like all the rest. Like, a little bit too and, much. Yeah, so, yeah, it started getting pretty crazy. But, yeah. um, but like there was over, over, out of like a hundred comments out of the females, there was only one female who said they didn't want abs on their partner. So just so you know that Thor in, um, you know, Chris Hemsworth was cast correctly in Thor. They did want to put a guy with abs, and that's why the females did go and watch that movie. Like they like to look at a guy with abs. So if you have abs, your partner is probably want to have sex with you with the lights on more often. Um, it's just the truth. Um, or you might even get more get lucky more often as well. Um, I saw one of the guys the other day. He's like lost like twenty kilos. He's like, dude, like you know you've changed our intimacy dramatically. Um, Like, you know, it went from like once a fortnight to like three times a week with his partner being intimate. Um, That's not a reason to do it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And and whether that's the fact that he's actually lost the weight or it's the person he's become because he lost the weight. Again, Mm. like as Jay said, it's like, it's not losing the weight and getting the abs that's the actual thing. It's I do what I say I'm going to do. I'm disciplined. I'm more present. Like we talk about meditation with him as well. So he's calmer. Um, he's less sporadic with his meal choices. And because he understands delayed gratification, he's better in that. So it's like, there's all these, I was like, dude, because I was saying to him, I was like, it might not even be the abs, right? Because he's got abs now. I was like, might not even be the abs. It's just who you have become over your journey to get the abs Maybe that's what she's actually more attracted to, but you wouldn't have come that per- become that person without the pursuit of the abs. So let's just say, hey, let's just keep them and stay focused and keep going forward. And I think it's interesting, right? Like, I think you, you hit the nail on the head earlier, Jace. It's not the abs, it's the goal. It's who you become in the pursuit of abs that is actually the most attractive thing. Best people see the visual, right? If they aren't talking to you and they find that attractive. Um, so for all your single dads out there, hey, trust me, if you're swiping right, they're swiping right or left, whichever they swipe on and you've got some abs, you probably get some more swipes. I've never been on one of those well, apps in my life, but... Yeah, um, I mean, I look, I'm a bit younger. I was I was back in the day. I didn't have, I didn't have abs back then though. There was no shirtless pics. So maybe why I uh, I kept it just from the neck up, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just... 
I was going to say, what is it? Um, catfished them a little bit, but it's um, it it is it is a really interesting thing, right? It's like when you, it is for some people they think it's vanity, for some people that you know all of these different things. Like I met my wife when I was at my most overweight. I was at like 105 kilos and probably like 30 35 percent body fat, um, and then over time ended up shredding that down to the point of abs. But it's like, yeah, it was it was all about who you become. It was all about the embodiment and the confidence and the commitment and the dedication and the, um, the energy that you have as well from, from losing the extra body fat. Like you lose an extra 10, 20 kilos. You have more energy to be intimate. You have more energy to pay attention to your partner and do more things that are a bit more, um, you know, a bit more intimate than just sitting on the couch or watching Netflix, right. And just tapping her on the shoulder and uh, you, you want to No. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, for anyone out there, like Jace was definitely batting above and I think his pursuit was just to try and level out the playing field. So is yeah. mine, guys. I'm batting above as well. That's all right. Um, it's something about I, us I guys was, on this batting, podcast. I was batting, bat, batting far above, uh, not only because my wife is amazing, but because I was in such a shit place. I was, I think I was like, um, I was like 105 kilos overweight. I couldn't, like I had a lower back injury and I was earning like 45 grand a year. I was on like basically like the lowest tax threshold I could be on um, and, and and yeah, no, it uh, all, all turned around for me once I met my wife. A good woman will do that to you. Or, or you were just a pity date that was super persistent and consistent. Uh, and then that, you... that might be how she phrases it. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at the same time, guys, what you can see from this podcast, consistency and persistent pays off in all aspects of your life. Wow, wow. <laughs> so guys, moving on to the podcast now, how do we get abs? Um, well, now we've talked about Jace's relationship. So with this, I think the biggest thing before we understand how to get abs, we have to understand the exact way how we don't achieve abs. So when we look at it, it's very clear, right? A lack of movement. Okay. So there's a lack of movement. There's a lack of caring about what you eat. Um, there's a lack of consistency in training. So when we say movements like steps and walking, there's a lack of consistency of training or no training whatsoever. Um, there's a lack of sleep schedule. You just watch Netflix all night, go to sleep whenever you want. Um, and I would say there's also a, a problem with doing what you said you're going to do. You press snooze all the time. You don't follow through with your word um, because you're just all over the shop. Then you have a lack of energy. So it's like, those are all the things you do if you don't want to achieve the result, right? So what do we need? So we know who we don't need to be because it's very clear. It's black and white. I don't want to be that guy because this person has a whole realm of problems. They're going to probably die early. They've probably got some lower confidence. They've probably got some back problems. Um, they have like energy problems as well. They don't get to play with their kids as much. They want to, but they can't because they just, they just can't find the energy to do it. So all the, this is what they do. And this is the problems that that person has. Now, we understand what we don't want. What we do want, well, we're going to go into it more specifics, but we understand we need to have a structured training program. We're going to talk about why we need structure in our training program. We need a consistent meal plan with consistent calories. Um, and there's many ways to do this. I've had abs with cyclical ketogenic diets back in the day with clean eating. I've had abs. I've had abs with carb cycling diets and carb backloading diets. I've had abs with paleo diet as well. So I've had like, like guys, I'm also willing, if you find a coach who's not willing to be, say they were wrong in the past, um, then you need to find a new coach. Like I've tried everything. I think I've tried everything because I'm fortunate enough to have been in this industry for the last two decades. I've been in the industry for 20 years. So I've tried a lot of things. And now I know what the simplest approach is to get abs because I've tried all the other approaches. Um, so I understand that you can still get abs whilst having the foods you love 
And that means it's more sustainable to achieve them. Because in the past, I'd get abs and I'd lose the abs because I'm like, ah, I can't do this anymore. This is too hard. And our approach we're going to talk about today is how it can be easy to get abs. And you don't have to do all these other diets that I've tried in the past. I've tried it all for you, so you don't have to try them. Um, and then um, we have to understand that we have to have um, our neat activity on point. So this is our steps and our other movement. And we want to have good nighttime and morning routines. I think those are the key aspects of achieving abs. Now, it's more of a specific um and we did talk about this last week. It's more of a specific tailored program to you on how to get abs. The training doesn't have to be tailored, but the nutrition definitely does have to be tailored to get those abs. Um, and you do have to have that little bit of lean muscle mass. So it's understanding that if you're skinny right now and you're just skinny fat, then you probably do need to lean out a little bit and then focus on a, a lean muscle gain and then diet again to actually look good in, as like an athletic physique. I'm going to say something controversial here now. Um, it's something growing up that not I said, but I think someone I know said that abs on a skinny guy don't count, just like tits on a fat girl. So I was like, I think <laughs> when you look at this, guys, um, it's like you, 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 if, you, it's, if you're skinny and you got abs, you do have to put just a little bit of lean muscle mass on um, and it looks so much better because it, it does put your muscles tighter against the skin and you just do have that you know, proper athletic physique. So first things first, um, what do you want to cover? Do you think the mindset of getting abs, Jace, or do you want to look at the calories first or... I think, it, I mean, the overarching principle and the thing that I guess got me there as someone who thought that I would never get them was the mindset. And it was the dedication to the end result, no matter what the process took. Um, and that that was it. It's like the process changed. The calories changed, the the targets changed, the food changed, all that stuff. The training changed over, you know, for me, it was a process of about like two years or so. Um, all of that changed, but the mindset stayed consistent. The goal was purely get abs get to the point where I had visible six pack and then I did a photo shoot and it was awesome. And then, uh, you know, I looked way too skinny and I'm like, cool, I've got a bulk. Um, and then I ended up getting abs again, uh, with, with, uh, with TJ just before my wedding. Um, yeah. and then kept him on my honeymoon, which was awesome. Go, you know, uh, I just got married and now I'm walking around on beaches with my shirt off. I was like, fuck, I should have done this when I was single. But I was like, nah, then I wouldn't have met my wife. Um, but the mindset for me is the biggest one just because, Number one, you have to believe that it's po if you follow the plan that it's possible because it is. It is. It's it's mathematical. So if you take the emotional attachment or the emotional idea of the plan being an issue out of the equation and just say, cool, as long as I do, like for most people, it's about a coach. It's like for most people, I'll do what my coach says and I will get the result. Right? You've got to have that faith in the process in what your coach is giving you. And you know, if you've got a coach that's outside of us, or if you're coaching with us, obviously you know what we're talking about. But um, if it aligns, then awesome. But if your coach is like, oh, you've got to, you know, drink 700 liters of uh, of water a day, and then make sure you only eat fruits and vegetables, and then on this day we eat this much meat, and it's like gets overcomplicated. It's unnecessary. But the mindset's got to be: it's like you've got that goal set. And you're going to achieve it. The pivot, you might have to pivot. You might have to take breaks. You might have to, um, you know, stop for a little bit, ma maintain, go up, go down. But the mindset is always going to be, I'm moving towards this goal. And then you just grind in and focus in on the process. And you've got to be aware of the goal being apps, but also the goal being, you know, showing my kids that I can achieve the things that I say that I'm going to achieve, that I'm dedicated, that I'm committed. These are the the traits and the qualities that I'm going to display for them. Not because, oh, I've got six little lumps on my stomach that now stick out, right? You can have a fucking hernia and it's not going to, you know, that's, that, that's not cool. Like, they don't care about that. They don't care about the lumps. But 
it's about the dedication. It's about the transformation. It's about saying, you know, this is who I am. This is who I am becoming. This is what I'm going to do, um, regardless of the noise. I think it's a cool thing. It depends on what age your kids are that you tell them, Hey, I'm embarking on this journey to achieve this. And they understand that they can see what discipline is. They can understand what dedication is. They can understand also what sacrifice is. So then, because achieving any journey is the same. If you want them to be good at school, discipline, consistency, sacrifice, right? So you're teaching them, kids do what we do, not what we say. Oh, you can't go out with your friends because, you know, you need to study. Oh, like you need to study every night or whatever it is you're trying to help them understand. And then you say, I'm going to get a goal. And then you start sinking piss and you never get the goal. It's like, well, why should I try and sacrifice what I need to do? Dad never sacrificed and achieves his goals. So I think, it's saying setting a benchmark and telling your kids and one that's a massive amount of accountability that you're going to put on the line so it's like shit i gotta show up because i'm going to follow through for these guys because they're watching my every single move mm. um and just showing them that it's possible to completely change your health because then they understand what's possible because what they if they've grown up and they're a bit overweight when they're growing up they have this mindset oh, i'm big boned and this is the people we coach now say I'm overweight because my parents were overweight. So if you're overweight right now, your kids are growing up and they're going to say I'm overweight because my parents are overweight. And that's probably a big excuse people use. So please don't give your kids more excuses hmm. on why they should be overweight and why they should be unhealthy. Cause this is a big thing, right? Like we say this all the time. You said you die for your kids. You jump in front of a car, then start living for your kids. So they actually live their life to their potential as well. I do think though, like you, you hit it there, Jace. It's like state story and strategy. You know, Tony Robbins talks about, it. it's like, you know, if I, if I maintain a really great state, so high energy, high, great attitude, then I can maintain a positive story. It's like, I am going to get ads. I haven't got abs in the past. Okay. But every single person on this planet can get abs by like a couple of percent of people probably. Um, you have them. They're there. They're, they're <laughs> everyone has. There. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, just, they're little... just covered. Exactly. You're just covered with a couple of layers of fat or a couple of extra layers of fat, depending on who you are. So with that, you know, everyone has abs. Okay. Everyone can achieve a level of aesthetic. Okay. Where they can be somewhat visible. Okay. I've seen people lose a hundred kilos and have abs, right? So they were there for them. And then they're underneath there. They just had to drop the fat. So they're there. So you have to maintain a story. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get these abs, right? As far as I'll keep moving through strategy. So how are we going to get there? So that's what we're going to talk about next. But it's like these stories you tell yourself, it's like, we always, I, I can't do this. I always, I can never follow a diet. Um, I, I can never do this. I can't get abs. What's the point? So we tell ourselves these negative stories and the negative stories normally fulfill into a poor execution of the strategy. So the strategy might've been correct, but you sabotaged yourself or catastrophized um, a situation to not actually execute the strategy correctly. So you need to work on the internal dialogue saying, hey, I am actually unstoppable. When I put my mind to something, I can achieve anything. It's been shown that as human beings, we can be focused and I'm a human being. So that means I can too, right? So it's common humanity. You are one of all those people with similar constraints, just like you, and they've achieved this result. That means I can too. So it's reframing the stories, right? Don't be the negative. Maintain that state. 
And then once we get our mind right, it's like, okay, mindset and accountability. I think those are the two key things. And I think that overarch strategy at the end of the day, right? So like strategy can be a great strategy and you can do a piss poor strategy and still get abs. It's just going to sacrifice harder. Um, So that's when some people say, I don't want to get abs because maybe they've done a poor strategy in the past. It was really hard to get them um, and they felt like it was too much sacrifice. They don't want abs again because they don't understand how it can be easy. So it's like, if you understand mindset, state and accountability wrapped in with a good strategy means you can get abs. So I think that's the overarching principles. Now, to get the abs, the starting point, I don't care if you're 20 kilos overweight or 30 kilos overweight or three kilos overweight. Um, you know, we need to create a calorie deficit. And that is the number one strategy for achieving fat loss. And we, and also we need to, sorry, sorry, achieving weight loss. We need to clarify if we're on the pursuit, on the pursuit and the goal of attainment to get abs, we don't want weight loss. We want fat loss. So we can't just have a calorie deficit. We need to have a calorie deficit multiple uh, times by correct protein intake, times by adequate strength training, times by adequate daily steps over times consistency equals abs. There's a, there's a formula for you. Mathematical. Um, mathematical, you do those. Um, and based on the equation, you know, three out of 10 or 10 out of 10 is just how long it's going to take you to get there. Right. So I think for us, like the calorie deficit matters most. So Jace, do you want to take it from there? Yeah, this is the, the, we've, we've talked about this before in a lot of length when it comes to the maths behind it. And if you're in a three and a half thousand calorie a week deficit, you're going to lose about 500 grams. Right. So looking at the diet side of things, we want to include protein, right? Essentially for most people, the more protein, the better, but anywhere between 1.5 and two grams per kilo of weight. Um, we, we, when you are excessively overweight, let's say you're in sort of somewhere between like 120 and 140, when you're getting up above 100, then, you know, you can safely go for 1.5. Um, usually for, for most guys, that'll be anywhere between 150 and 200 grams of protein a day. So that's, that's like a, a rough idea of how much protein you should be having. Um, you know, obviously it's going to be different based on who you are to maintain a good amount of muscle mass. Right. So as long as we have that in there, we're golden. The rest of it comes from the calorie deficit, comes from the steps, comes from eating less calories than you burn. So (laughs) if we're looking to lose like 500 grams of fat a week or, you know, anywhere between 0.5 and 1% of body fat, um, uh, of body weight loss a week, right? Obviously, you know, we're, we can only track by weight. Um, there's nothing that's, uh, sophisticated enough where we can track body fat loss on a week by week basis. That's, it's just a little bit too granular and, uh, and, and, you know, technology is not quite there yet. So don't believe your scales that send <laughs> electric shocks up through your feet. Oh, I lost 5% body fat this week. No, you fucking didn't. You, you took didn't. a big poo. Like yeah, exactly. it's, it's, that's all it is. So we create that deficit with, with a good amount of steps, right? Somewhere between, you know, eight and 10,000 steps a day is a really good starting point for most people. And then by eating less than we burn. So for most people, that's looking at what your ta- total daily energy expenditure is. There's websites that calculate that for you. What is it? It's like, um, is it like 16 times uh, body weight or is it 18? Um, no, when we look at it, it's it, essentially, if it's about 22 times body weight in kilos. Oh, yeah, so kilos. We'll, we'll, we'll give what, yeah. So it's like, when we're looking at it, it's like 13 to 16 in pounds. Yeah. But uh, for all those non- um, Australians. Australians. Yeah, in the US. Yeah. But, you know, for everyone else, it's like, if we're looking on the, on the calorie deficit, about 23 times body weight in kilos. So if you're 100 kilos um, and you want to lose weight, you know, start with 2,300 calories a day. Um, and that's going to give you the baseline. Okay. So you start tracking that. And if you're super 
sedentary, you might have to go like a 21 or a two, 20 times body weight in kilos. Because again, this is just an estimate, guys. It, it isn't your metabolism with your past dieting history, with your muscle mass. This is a literally estimation of calories to give you a ballpark figure to start on. Hmm. So body weight in kilos times 23, you start eating that every single day. You Then what you have to look at the first week, if you're following a diet, you're going to have probably a bigger loss right? And it doesn't matter even if you're eating carbs or not, you're going to have a bigger loss because you just stopped eating a lot of shit, right? So your sodium, you're not holding on to as much fluid because of the sodium that you had at all, you know, anything really probably your carbs did drop as well. So you also physically just don't have as much food in your stomach. Food in your stomach. Yeah, exactly. So if the first, what we have to look at is the first week, whatever that weight loss is, it is. But that second week of tracking that 23, if you didn't lose weight, then your calories do high. We have to drop the calories by 5%. So 2,300 times 5% gives you a new debt, uh, 95%. So you take, what is that, about 180 calories, yeah. uh, 100, 150 calories, something like that off that. And then that's your new calories for the next seven days. But if you lost three kilos, happy days. Keep the 2,300 calories a day for the next week. Our ballpark figure wants to be about 1% of total body weight loss per week. So if you're 100 kilos, you want to lose a kilo over the next week. If you did, it will fluctuate, right? So we do our weighly day-ins every single day. Daily um, weigh-ins. Daily weigh-ins. We have to do it. Um, now, weigh-ins. Weighing? Weighly day-ins. I love it. <laughs> We want to do a weighly day-in and a daily weigh-in. Yeah, um, do both either way, be even <laughs> Exactly. Um, find a whale, chuck it on the scale, and then you jump on it the next day and you're going to lose weight. So <laughs> when we look at this, um, we want to do a daily weigh-in, guys, um, and that will give you a seven days of your weight. And then we divide it by seven and we'll give you a weekly average. If that weekly average is decreasing correctly, then we're like, okay, cool. This 2,300 calories is on the mark for me. So that's how we work out our calories. Very simple. Jace told you before, um, you know, 1.5 to 2 grams per kilo in body weight for our protein. So if we're looking at it and I'm 100 kilos again, I want to be eating about 150 grams to 200 grams of protein. That doesn't mean you're weighing 150 grams of chicken breast and that's your daily protein intake. It's not the actual, that's, that's not, that's the physical weight, right? We want to look at um, 150 grams of actual protein um, that you're taking in. So that would be, you know, essentially about, 300 grams of chicken, a scoop of protein powder, um, four egg whites, and, and like, let's say, hey, your egg goat for your omelet. Um, and maybe like, you know, 200 grams of a high protein yogurt, right? Yeah. So <laughs> that would be about 150 grams. Um, you know, that's, and you just then around that, you're adding your carbohydrates and your fats to make those meals actually taste good rather than weird. Um, so don't have, and don't do what I just said and put it all in one meal. Cause that will taste very weird. Um, uh, so, I reckon you can make it work as long as you've got like it. a neutral flavored protein powder. If you put chocolate yeah. in there, you're fucked. Yeah, you're done. You're done. If you have a, you have a neutral one, then you're probably making everyone's, um, TikTok favorite chicken pasta or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you got yogurt, you got protein, you got protein powder probably mixed in there. Yeah. Add some veg and you're good. Pasta without the pasta. Oh my God. <laughs> exactly. The pasta pasta. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my gosh, we, we created something. So we, we, we want to have that sort of protein content. Uh, protein's king. One, the reason is because of the amino acids, we want to try and get our protein in. It helps lean muscle gain. It helps increase our satiety. So it keeps us fuller for longer. Um, so it, it, 
helps us stop losing muscle mass whilst in a calorie deficit. So we're holding on to that lean muscle mass or at least minimize muscle loss. Depends on the aggressiveness of the calorie deficit. So the other two macronutrients don't worry, or oh, three, but other two main macronutrients don't worry as much when we're looking at fats and carbohydrates. Yes, fats for hormones, carbohydrates for our energy levels inside the gym, but they don't play as big of important in fat loss as protein when we're looking at trying to keep that lean muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about minimum 20% of our um, calories inside as our fats, okay? And then the rest can be carbohydrates. Right, but a minimum about 20% just for our hormone health, making sure your testosterone, all the rest of it's working okay. Yeah. Um, and that's your, your macro breakdown, okay? And you can put this into your, your MyFitnessPal, your chronometer, or for us, we use Keystone with our guys and we do this all this for them so they don't have to try and become mathematicians. Um, and they get started tracking their calories. And here's a starting point, as we said, we do our daily weigh-ins and we've created a calorie deficit. Now, you can create a bigger calorie deficit by increasing your steps. You do our weight training. Um, the, you know, as we, the easiest thing for us to do is actually increase our steps. But that's the biggest thing as far as our nutrition. We're going to talk about breaking plateaus in a second, but we need to get the base level covered. Um, and that's our base level as far as doing our nutrition to create a calorie deficit to put you on the path for getting abs. Yeah, once you have the calorie deficit in place and you're doing a bit of a walk, you're doing the movement, um, that sort of um, uh, that neat activity, right? You're just going for walks. You're, you're not intentionally sitting there on the treadmill trying to do cardio, right? You, that's, that'll come under sort of the breaking plateau side of things if you need to add that stuff in. But you're being generally active and through the calorie um, tracking and the weighing yourself, you're going to figure out what your daily expenditure is, right? If you're not losing, like we talked about, if you're not losing weight on, um, I was chatting to a client just before about this. He's like, oh, I've never, like on 2000 calories, I feel like I always gain weight. Um, I'm like, cool. Well, when we get to the point where, you know, he's, he's pretty close to abs now. He's like, when we get to the point where you're happy, we're going to bump up the calories a little bit, not a crazy amount. And then we're going to see, we're going to track our weight and we're going to see what happens. Because if you know how much you're eating and you know, and you see the trend of your weight, you will know what your maintenance is, right? If you eat 2000 calories, you gain, you're going to gain, it's very similar to when you first um, drop your calories. You're going to lose a bit of glycogen. You're going to lose a bit of water weight. When you start to up your calories again, you're going to gain a little bit of glycogen, gain a little bit of water weight, but then it's in that second week. Do you maintain? Do you go higher? Do you still go a bit lower? Do you not even gain in the first week? Then you're like, cool, I've got more room to grow. And we keep inching that up until we hit a point where we aren't, you know, we're not gaining, we're not losing, we're plateauing, we're having a nice amount of calories because the plan to maintain abs is different to the plan to get them. Right. Mm. So, and we'll talk about sort of the maintenance plan because it's a lot easier than it is to get them. Like getting them does require a little bit of effort and work, More especially sacrifice. if you, if, if you're like myself, I, I didn't have the most amount of muscle mass when I got them. So I had to get quite lean and um, skinny almost to, to see them. I had, yeah, a bit of muscle mass, but it wasn't enough to make getting abs a, a simple, a very like an easy process. It took me, it got, I got a little bit grumpy uh, the first time around. The second time around a bit of more muscle mass, it was a little bit easier, uh, but you're going to have that process of sort of bulking, gaining muscle mass, shredding down. And each time is going to be easier and easier and easier. But once you've got that calorie deficit in place, you know, you, it's a math, it's a mathematical game. You hit your numbers, you get the result. You don't hit the numbers, make some changes. But the, the second aspect of it, right, we talked about protein, is making sure you're getting a sufficient weight training stimulus in. And mm. for a lot of people, when you're just getting started, 
you're going to be lifting weights, you're going to be in the gym. If you've never lifted weights before, you're going to be doing what we call a bit of a recomposition where you're going to be gaining a bit of muscle, losing a bit of fat because the the stimulus that you're getting from training is so novel. It's so new. Your body's never really experienced it before. And as a result, it will sort of overcompensate and grow um, regardless of if you're you know giving it enough calories to or not because it purely needs to, to, oh shit, you know, you're lifting 12 kilos, 15 kilos. Fuck, I've got to, I've got to compensate for this. I've got to get ready for it. What if you're experienced and you've been weight training for a little bit, you're probably not going to get that recomposition effect, but you are going to get infinitely better results in terms of your muscle mass maintenance and a lack of muscle mass loss if you incorporate weight training as well as high protein. So those are the three keys, calorie deficit, weight training, and a high protein diet. If you combine those three for, as Trav said, a long enough period of time, you'll get a, you'll get a result. You'll get abs right? You just need to keep adjusting and and breaking through plateaus as we go. But um, when it comes to the weight training side of things, you want to make sure it is, you you don't want to train any differently to muscle growth than you do for fat loss, right? Because you want your, your fat loss weight training program to be as anabolic as possible, right? You want to train as if you're trying to grow muscle. You even want to every now and then try and aim for that extra rep, that extra little bit of weight. And for a couple of weeks, especially in the initial stages, you will add strength. You will probably add a little bit of muscle mass as you're in that very early deficit phase. As it gets longer and longer, the goal is just to maintain as best you can. You want to try and get the same reps out each week. If you can get the same reps at the same weight of a bench press or a squat or a deadlift or whatever, then you're going to be, you know, cool, I'm at least maintaining muscle mass right? Because my strength is the same and I'm losing body fat. So fucking win-win. Exactly, mate. I think when we look at it for people who have had a long time off the gym, mm. um, which is some dads out there, or actually a lot of dads that come into us have yeah, either true. had like a bit of time off because they just lost their way um, in the flux of having children with their health being a priority or people who've never been to a gym. They're like, oh, you know what? I need to do something about this. You can gain up to about four kilos of lean muscle mass um, in the first 12 weeks of training. No, that's like the amazing time. It's like, and that's a lot of muscle mass. <laughs> Enjoy it because it gets a lot slower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also it's understanding this. If you're just starting, then you should do this correctly because you mm. only get this time once, right? It's is so true. Don't fuck up. This is, what, this is a phase. It's called newbie yeah. gains, right? This yeah, what, exactly. This is what it's known as. If you, if you do it right, you can maximize the shit out of it and you can yep. get some really good results with real minimal work. Like you don't have to, but if you spend your first 12 weeks doing bicep curls and, and, and you know, piss fighting around in the gym and your body gets used to that stimulus, you don't get the best results. Exactly. Or if you hit and miss and all the rest of it, mm. your body won't just, you're not going to get, get that level of muscle mass that you can. That's your potential. And in the first year, everyone's differently genetics, different has different genetics as far as how much muscle mass they can put on. But if you're back into it and you're new into the gym, you can put up to about eight kilos on in that first year, um, uh, which is a lot of lean muscle mass. And then it keeps diminishing after that. Um, but it's, it's like that first year, you've got such a high potential of creating an athletic physique um, that you want to capitalize that on much as much as possible. Now, inside that, you don't, there's so many different ways to train, right? There, there just is, guys. Um, and I'm not out here trying to fight the YouTubers on the best way to train. We have so many of our guides get abs and get absolutely shredded um, when we're looking at different ways of periodization. But when we look at it, we want to try and make sure that we're lifting this is the biggest thing that I tell most guys. If you take anything away from this, it's just don't lift like a fucking pussy, right? Like, honestly, like that, like if you're not, if you're lifting the weights and you're just doing it to pass the time, like 
get the fuck out the gym and go shopping with your missus, right? Like, because you're going to the gym and if you're lifting the, the weight, like lift with intent, mm. like pick up the dumbbell. If you're doing a chest press, focus on lifting with your chest, focus on pushing with your tricep, get your mind in the muscle and lift until you have one to two reps from failure. If your program says 10 to 12 reps, okay, and you're doing 10 to 12 reps and you get to the 12th rep and you go, well, I still got about six, seven reps in the tank, as in like you can still keep going, your fucking pet can't count, right? Like it, it, your, your muscles don't count reps, guys. So like just keep going for another five reps and go, well, I didn't lift a weight heavy enough. Next set, pick a heavier weight that's more adequate to your rep range that you're actually going to push the 10 to 12 reps. And that's why I like really like rep ranges rather than specific rep targets. Um, and if we go like 10 to 12 reps, then you're lifting it. And you might hit 10 reps or you might hit 12 reps. It is what it is. But you can lift a weight, say this week, that's one rep from failure. So say it's a 10 to 12 rep range. We're going to program over four weeks. Then week one, we want to lift a chest press and let's just say we're lifting that chest press. We do it for 10 reps and you know that you could might just get be able to squeeze one more out. You pop them down. That is one rep from failure before you try to press it up and you'd actually drop the dumbbells on your face, right? So you're one rep from failure next week with a progressive overload, do the same weight for 11 reps. The next week, do the same weight for 12 reps. And then you're creating a progressive overload within this rep range. And the fourth week of the program, go back to the 10 reps, lift a heavier weight. And that's literally how you do it. And you could even follow this for six weeks, 10, 11, 12, back to 10 with a heavier weight, 11, 12. There you go. That's all we have to do. Stay one to two reps from failure. You've created a progressive overload. And if you do just that, three to four sets, okay, um, for like we pick three exercises for chest and you're looking at say something like 12 sets, 12 working sets, one rep from failure on our chest per week. That's all we really need. The same as our back, same as our biceps, same as our triceps, same as our quads, same as our hamstrings. And for those who love car, I just like for every reason, I've always had big cars, but those people want to train calves, same as your calves. Um, shit. <laughs> I don't, so, I, I can't believe it. I don't prioritize them. That's okay. But if you're thinking about it, like, <laughs> so right, I just wear jeans. <laughs> so if you're thinking about it, if you're looking at creating a program and we know that I need, you know, essentially nine to 12 working sets on my chest in a program and I'm doing, if let's just say bro split, right? I'm going to do chest and biceps. Okay. You've got nine to 12 chest exercise and nine to 12 bicep exercise sets. Okay. So three exercises, three to four sets per exercise. You're picking three exercises for that. And then the next day you got back and biceps. Okay. Again, you got about 24 sets in the training session. Have a day break, go for a walk. The next day you're going to do quads, right? So you're going to do our maybe doing like squats, leg presses and leg extensions. And you're going to do shoulders. You got some shoulder press, some lateral raises. You got some face pulls. Um, and then the last day we're going to do some glutes, right? So we're going to train our butt because every, every female likes a butt. Right. So you're going to train your butt. You're going to yeah. do some hip thrusts. Yeah, um, you'll help your lower back pain as well. I know you def- 45 of, you know, 90% of you guys out there have definitely got back pain. Train your glutes. Don't train ignore your glutes. that shit. 
I know because people guys feel like it's awkward thrusting in a gym. Hey well, guys, it's okay. Mine's good because it's a machine; it faces the wall. But I put um, <laughs> my my progressive overload at the moment is I got 160 kilos on there, and I'm doing that for about eight to ten reps uh, at the moment. So yeah, and if you don't think if you think oh that's no oh, that's gay putting from where you're just thrusting away and looking at it, no. you put 160 kilos on your lap and thrust that up. I don't think anyone's looking at you with anything except for. Fuck that dude. Good that's work. Glutes. That's, yeah. yeah, exactly. I've got bruises exactly. on my hips from the the strap I have to wear to to get it on. It's uh, it's one and you know it helps your lower back as well. So don't don't ignore your glutes and your hammies. Strengthen those areas because they'll make you you know they'll stop you from hobbling around like an old man. Exactly, guys. So you know hamstring curls, hip thrusts, like back extensions. So we've trained that whole posterior chain, and like we'll do whatever you and your calves, right? And that's yeah. the other day. So that, that's a, that's a literal split you can do, twenty four sets per three exercises per like muscle group, uh, three to four sets of working sets, not light sets, working sets um, per exercise. And that, that's your training program, guys. That is a plan you could follow. Very simple. If you're training at home, you can do it with dumbbells, right? Very easy. You don't have to do it like that. You can also do it just with EMOMs and AMRAPs, which is like just, you're, but you're looking at burning some more calories, gonna not put as much muscle mass on, Okay, so the muscle mass will vary, but you can put <coughs> you can put lean muscle mass on when we're talking about getting abs um, anywhere between six to thirty five reps, right? So, but you just have to be training within that two reps from failure. So when we're training at home and we're doing like you know uh, squat to presses and we're doing like you know floor presses and chest presses and we're doing rows. It means you just might have to because you don't have the ad adequate apparatuses to um, complete your workouts that what we have to do is maybe full body training every day, two to, maybe three to four times a week. And you're, you're punching out the reps. If you don't have weight that's heavy enough, you have to go up to 30 to 35 reps. And trust me, like 35 reps of like 20 kilo dumbbell lunge. I don't care how you are. You probably get close-ish to failure. Um, like we can definitely get you to failure, even with a set of dumbbells to pack on lean muscle mass to get those abs. So it's just, it doesn't matter if you're looking, but the only other thing is you will hit a, a line with body weight training, right? Mm -hmm. I just believe you will as far as, and, and I'm not talking about calisthenics and, and that, things like that, guys. I'm like talking about dad-based body weight training and I'm not putting limitations against you, anyone out there. It's just like, I'm not a calisthenics guy. Um, mm -hmm. It's just not my forte. And I don't think it's Jace's forte either. No, um, I don't want to go to the playground and like, yeah, to be fair, most calisthenics guys do still need some kind of yeah. like to get apparatus. optimal workout. They need an apparatus. They need something to, you know, at least because most of it is based around, you know, doing the pull-ups and you've got mm. to have a very high level already of, um, you know, yes, you can get better at pull-ups over time, but these guys doing like fucking muscle-ups and twists and ab raises yeah. and all that sort of shit. It's like for most, if you're going to the point where you want to achieve abs, you probably won't be using that as a method to get there because a lot of those guys already have abs and they have the, because they have abs, it allows them to do that stuff because they're not carrying as much body fat. So yeah, when you're doing your know, at home push-ups, sit-ups, you know, uh, burpees, lunges, squats, that kind of stuff, there's a limit to what you can do because there's going to come a point where you are doing 50 plus squats before you're close to failure and you're mm. not going to get as just as much of a stimulus. Uh, so I think, I think that's the biggest thing we're looking at is like, as you increase in strength, you need to increase in um, the equipment that you have to continue to put the stimulus against the muscles that required to gain lean muscle mass to get abs, 
right? A calisthenics person might start with push-ups, sit-ups, and air squats, right? They could. But over time, they're going to need pull-ups and bars and dip bars and all the rest of it. Continue to increase that lean muscle mass and also get their back working because otherwise they're limited as far as um, just more more pushing-based movements. So when we look at it, we were talking the other day, it's like you can start with body weight and a TRX, like a suspension trainer, and that will get you started for a lot of people for the first 28 days on the road to abs. Add in a bench and some dumbbells. That would be the next thing I would say at home. Like a pair of dumbbells and an adjustable bench, it's like 300 bucks for both of them. The adjustable dumbbells go up to, you know, 24 kilos. And that's the next thing. All of that together, all all you need to get abs, right? That's it. You want to join a gym? You join a gym. But I think we we covered the programming for us now. We want to make sure we're lifting to failure. We've got three exercises, essentially three exercises per muscle group um, with about 12 working sets per week is the minimal viable um, threshold that we want to try and hit to gain that lean muscle mass. Um, And then we have to look at being consistent right? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing, consistency. After that is our neat activity. We did briefly touch about that on as well. I just know the time of this podcast is going already 52 minutes. So we'll continue to move through it. Like as you go along the track to getting abs, your neat activity, like your fidgeting and your daily movement, your subconscious need activity actually winds down. Okay. You start to burn less calories at rest. And that's just, that's, everyone does this. It's not you. It's just, that's what humans do. Um, it's like a, a survival mechanism of not getting to, to low enough body fat. So our body starts to turn down our metabolism. So we consciously then, as we're on route to getting abs, consciously do more steps. So the first like six weeks, maybe doing 8,000 steps. Then, you know, you've lost some weight. You've lost like five, 10, 10 you know, eight kilos. Then we go 10,000 steps a day. Okay, for the next six weeks. And then we're like, okay, cool. Now we've lost another five, so five, eight kilos. And then we're close to getting abs. Okay, 12,000 or 14,000 steps a day. We know this is for, for a finite period of time to lose the last bit of body fat because we're upregulating our steps so our metabolism stays high enough whilst it's actually trying to downregulate. I think that's a big thing for us to do is understanding conscious activity for our neat activity whilst the body's trying to downturn its metabolism. That's another key factor that people don't actually add in, which then prolongs their ability to not achieve abs. Yeah, 100%. I think that progressive pathway of slowly increasing, slowly increasing, slowly increasing, because, um, and this is the reason why a lot of people think, oh, my metabolism is downregulated as I've gone on this diet. Like I've ruined my diet with this plan. No, you just ate so little calories that you were so lethargic that you couldn't be fucked doing anything right? It just, you couldn't be bothered. And so I highly recommend if you can, um, as much as we all like to get abs for the summer, it's a, it's a lot harder to get them. Uh, if you're at the sort of the peak stage of it, I, I got my abs in August. So the last like two months of it were fucking cold, uh, rainy, uh, but still went out for walks, rain jacket, went out for walks, had to get the steps in, had to get the movement in. Otherwise they wouldn't, it just wouldn't happen. Um, so you've got to, you've got to have a plan for it. You've got to have an intent to move that much because your body will naturally tell you, Hey, you're not eating enough. You need, like it is controlled starvation. That's what it is. So if you go in anticipating that that's what it's going to be, that you are going to feel hungry. That is the point. You're not going to be able to fill up completely on watermelon and lettuce. Right? Some guys might be able to, but you're probably going to feel like shit. Um, you know, there are just going to be those times. There's going to be times where you have low energy, but if you have a step target, it mandates that you're getting a minimum amount in. It is a variable that you can control. It is a variable that you can measure and you can change. And a lot of guys will go probably too, usually too hard when they first start. They'll, when they don't progress for a week, they'll, um, 
they'll drop their calories and they'll increase their steps and they'll add a cardio session. Um, the thing is you want to start progressing on the minimal that you can, because it's a long path. It's a long road mm. and you've got to be able to make adjustment, 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 not throw everything at it all at once. If you make a small adjustment each week or a small adjustment every time um, there's a plateau, then you'll be able to string that progress out for a lot longer because your body does adapt. So if you throw everything at it all at once, like, uh, yeah, like I said, a cardio session, drop calories by 100 to 150 um, and also start increasing your steps by 1,000 a day. If you do all of that all at once, that's a lot. And your body will, yeah, over sort of, it's still a bigger deficit. Over three or four weeks, it'll eventually adapt to the new level of activity you're giving it. And then you'll plateau again because you just will. And then it's like, well, fuck, I've got no more aces to play. I've thrown my, you know, I've thrown the kitchen sink at it too early. So this is the art of breaking the plateau is slowly but surely every time there's a plateau, usually it's not one week. It'll go for about two weeks, right? If you have one week where you're stagnant, it's like, all right, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep everything going. And then oftentimes the next week will be there to break through that plateau if you've gone for two weeks without losing a meaningful amount of body weight um, or measurements if you're at that stage as well um, if you're doing like sort of tape measuring around your belly button is always a really good one if your belly button measurements coming in you're getting closer to abs it's just a, one of the really easiest ways to tell especially once you're in the, the real sort of nitty-gritty end where it's a couple hundred grams a week um, if you're not making that progress then choose one either am i hungry like oh not really cool we could probably get away with dropping some calories you know, do I feel like I could get an extra 10 minutes of walking in a day? Yeah, probably. We'll go on that one. Do I have time in the week for one half an hour cardio session, either on the treadmill or on the bike or something? Yep. You know what? Cool. Those are the sort of the three variables that I like to play with when it comes to just that extra increase of expenditure or decrease of intake. Um, and that's, what's going to bust you, uh, bust you through your plateau. It's going to be enough to get it moving, but not so much that you've got no more cards left to play. Exactly, mate. I think it's it's also doing that one variable at a time so you know what variable is working. Yeah. So if you try and do like seven at once, you're like, what worked? I have no idea. So now I have to do them all. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Exponentially, so, just yeah. by week six, you're fucked. Yeah, you're completely fucked. And I think this is the true tortoise and the hare story. Everyone knows it. This is truly the story where the tortoise wins because if you're trying to shred your fat to get abs in five weeks, like it's not going to happen. The man shakes ain't going to get you abs, right? But consistent training with a progressive overload, consistent steps with a progressive overload with our steps, with consistently decreasing our calories over time and maintaining that calorie deficit will get you abs. I think at the start of your journey, weight matters most when I'm coaching my guys. So like weight matters most at the start to get their, their it's the easiest measure to make sure we're losing weight and then when they're getting lean enough i really look at the measurements so for a larger guy abs happen for like a larger framed guy abs happen somewhere between you know sort of 86 to 90 centimeters um on a midsection right and this is again this is vague so it gives if you're like a six foot to six foot four guy um you're normally like a bit of a larger frame so it's like 86 to 90 92 centimeters is where your sort of midsection is going to be tight if you're a smaller guy then you're going to be somewhere around that sort of 78 to 82 centimeters. I think you're, you're around the 80 or 78 centimeters, Jace. Yeah, was it? I'm, I'm, I'm relative. I'm like six foot one, but I've got a relatively slim frame. Small like, frame. Yeah. yeah. I've got um, like small, small girlish wrists, right? Uh, I'm, train, <laughs> I'm training them. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a relatively slim frame. It's just, I don't, I'm not very heavy for my height, but I don't look, you know, I'm not, I don't look anemic, yeah. right? It's, 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 it's just the way that my weight's carried. So you, you, you can't, you can't go by every single, you know, 
uh, measurement. But yeah, for me, it was it was around that sort of high 70s range, I believe. Yeah. So like if you look at it, the, I try and give my guys somewhat ballparks as well. So because I think if people have an idea, they're like, okay, I know I'm working towards that. Sometimes I'm off, um, but it's like you can see someone's frame and then you can give them a, a, a estimation because mm. we work off numbers. So if you're like 103 centimeters and I can see them, I'm like, well, about 88 centimeters, you're going to have uh, your your midsection is going to stop coming in. And that at that point, we don't look at weight anymore. We don't look at measurements anymore. We literally look at the ab changes on the weekly basis. So every week I'll look at it. I was like, okay, cool. Yes, I can see a bit more of a definition here. So it's like, it's why we must measure weight weekly averages while we must measure our med midsection as far as circumference coming in and while we do photos as well because each of those key metrics matter at a specific time in a transformation process and we weight them more as far as what we focus on uh, as far as are we still progressing and then it, all it is it's like your midsection stop moving Am I still getting there? It was like, well, we can visually see based on fortnightly photos. Um, and I, I tend to look at fortnightly photos most because that's what's going to hold, hold a great visual representation. Um, and is their weight marginally coming down or losing body fat? Hmm. Now, that's essentially all it is. And there's consistency. Like you have to grind. Like, you know, you might, oh, my calories a bit low. It's like, well, you, you want to get abs and you have to grind to get them. I think that's the key thing as well. Yeah. So and it's being okay with that. And then you can make sure we go into a more of a reverse dieting process because keeping abs is not as hard as getting them. We can get your metabolism up to running at a higher amount whilst holding our abs. I think that's the biggest thing is the diet after the diet hmm. that actually is the best, is the most important part. And this yeah. is why you keep abs for the rest of your life rather than lose weight, gain it back and constantly in this yo-yo cycle, which most people actually go through because they're going through quick fixes to achieve a result without education and habit formation. But when we go into it as far as the tortoise and we go through as far as habitual change and behavioral change um, as who you become on that journey. That means we can do the diet after the diet, which lifts your metabolism and you can eating like 24, 2,800 calories depends on your size and holding the abs for the rest of your life. And you never have to diet again. And that's, that's the key thing. Yeah. It's um like, for example, the first time I got abs, it was like, the, it was a big celebration. I did a photo shoot um, that night. I cooked a tomahawk and some like uh, basically like deep fried smashed potatoes. It was, fucking amazing um but then after that i had because i'd been on such a long journey i had no motivation to necessarily stay in that i was like i'm just exhausted i want to take a break from the gym which was all good but then i had no plan to get back into it and then you know we had some work changes i think it was still in the middle of like COVID and stuff like that as well um and it just i just wasn't that motivated to get back into the gym ended up blowing out again probably i think and then I, and that's when i ended up starting with trav it was like um i blew out to like i think it was like 88 kilos i got to like yeah. 73 blew up to about sort of 88 kilos or so over the course of like six months yep. to put that in context i then ended up getting abs uh when my uh when i got married which was january last year and then uh, maintained relatively well i went i think i went to go on a bit of a bulk um was kind of hit and miss with um stuff i maintained relatively well i had a couple of sicknesses i got COVID, i got flu whatever maintained around sort of that 77 78 mark didn't really change that much and then um got shredded again uh just before my daughter was born in october last year and i was like all right as of next year, I want to go on a meaningful bulk. So then I, I um, as of February, I've gained, oh, what, um, I'm 82 now. So from about, I think I started about 76 or 77. So I've gained about four to five kilos over the course of four months where, and that's, that's been a pretty good 
pace for me because I had a plan. This is essentially but, I'm doing a reverse diet and trying to bulk as well. But I think the same thing for yourself, dude. Like you've, you've, I think the biggest thing is you've maintained a relatively lean physique. And we were talking about yeah. this the other day, you know, for yourself, it's like, you know, another two kilos um, over the next sort of like two to three months, like three months probably with your, your time frame. And then if Jay's dieted literally for four weeks, he'd have abs again. Yeah. Um, but he's also put on like five kilos of lean muscle mass this year from a focused, dedicated um, bulk, but he's put on minimal fat gain because he's been a slight calorie surplus whilst doing that with focus on a great progressive overload and actually training close to failure, um, which it's makes you want to um, train. It's, it's hard. It, it, it is hard training. You've got to have the yeah. mindset for it. It's fucked. Yeah. And that means, you know, if you are trying to put on muscle mass, it doesn't mean you have to get fat. You can mm. put on minimal muscle, minimal um, fat mass. So then, you know, say you're coming into summer and you want to get the abs back out because you just want to be a bit more toned um, and tight and athletic. Then it's like, okay, cool. October, I can literally just diet for four weeks. And it's like, bang. Yeah. Um, and when, same as me. It's like, whenever I want to get a little bit tired, it's like 21 days. It's like, okay, cool. I'm tight again. I think it's, it's being able to hold yourself at a, a relatively um, lean period year round. So then if you want to get leaner, uh, you can. But that only happens if you have a, uh, if you've reverse dieted correctly to have your metabolism running efficiently so you can diet back down. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's just being within touching distance of that, I think is a really good one. And that's that's the, the difference between, because a lot of people hire a coach or do a program to get abs. And it's like, that's all mm. well and good, but have something afterwards to look forward to. Like the most successful people who do, you know, bodybuilding competitions, and that's the extreme level of getting lean, right? That's, that's you know, medically, un, you know, not, not healthy levels of leanness. Um, the people who are most successful have a plan. They don't just go fucking YOLO immediately because they've got yeah, shredded. They can do whatever they want. That's not how it works. You've got to have a bit of a plan. You've got to have um, what I've been calling for a lot of my guys is some coached maintenance, like coached back up mm. to maintenance, consistent, still tracking. So you know what maintenance actually looks like with your food because you can't just go back to eating what you were eating when you're 120 kilos because then you just no. fucking get back there. There is that you, but you also don't have to keep eating the, you know, 1700 calories you might be on at the very end of your diet. There's an in between and you've got to you slowly increase you find out what that is um you find the upper end of where your metabolism sits as far as you know you can't just keep reverse dieting forever infinitely otherwise you'd be on seven thousand calories a day fucking would be it would be a pain in the ass but <laughs> you find where your upper limit is and you you then figure out well what does this look like on a day-to-day -day basis for food and then you're like cool i could this is i can live and look like this Right. And every now and then That's there might great. be a, a couple of events or I might go a holiday or whatever. And then, you know, I know what to eat to get back to this place. Cause it's, 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 it's and, and then it becomes your life. Um, the last point I want to make before we wrap up as well is, is one of the things when you are getting um, down there is to optimize your sleep and stress. Mm. That is a, if you are if you are down the low end, you are going to probably be sleeping a little bit worse. Um, some people sleep better because they just pass the fuck out. But optimizing your sleep and making sure you are getting adequate recovery is so important because you're depriving your body of nutrients, uh, of energy when you're in the gym, your weight training. If you're not sleeping well as well and your stress is high, those are also things to look at if you are plateauing to be like, well, maybe it's a very stressful pe uh, period of time at work. All right, you see that it's you know in a couple of weeks' time it's easing off. All right, you just got to ride out this wave. You got to make sure that your your stress doesn't get out of control you introduce some mindfulness and meditation and that kind of stuff and i th also think it's like psychologically if you go rather than screwing yourself on the way to abs having a maintenance period for two to four weeks in mm. there is also part of a plan yeah. i'm going through a stressful period at work over the next sort of month maybe end of financial year i'm going to go up to maintenance for my nutrition so i'm going to increase my calories by like 500 i know the next month i'm not going to be 
gaining or losing weight, but I'm going to be giving myself enough calories. So then I know that, and you know, I've, and I've got like five kilos to go on my, I know that July 1st, I can go an aggressive deficit focus for six weeks and just go in sprints. I find some people going in diet sprints works really well. Periods of maintenance and diet sprints works well for them because there's an end point. We lose as much weight as we can in six weeks, go to maintenance, eat more food, enjoy life. Diet sprint starts again because there's start and finishes to their diet and they're still educating themselves on the process as well. Mm. So not there's no one size that fits all. There's never is. Um, everyone's different. And I think that's the beauty of coaching yeah. and, and why we do coaching guys. So if you want coaching, um, go to fit dash dad.club that was a nice segue um and we we can look at um how where you are where you want to go and how to close the gap in between the two so that's Mm -hmm. fit-dad.club if you want to rate review leave a comment um on youtube podcasts anywhere you want to do um you want to wish me a happy birthday you can do do that that as well guys um and have a great day and we'll be back next week if you want to give us some topics you want us to talk on happy to understand um, what they are as well. Yeah. Well, as of um, as of today, Monday, actually, we will have uh, opened yeah. up our wait list for a new program we're launching, which is uh, essentially it is the the Fit Dad Club, the group, right, where we're going to have some bigger, more educational based group coaching where you still get nutritional plan, you still get a training program, you still get um, support from the team, but it's more of a community focused, community driven thing. It's a hell of a lot cheaper than just one on one coaching. Um, mm. We're opening up the uh, it's uh, 14, 14 days for a dollar, right? That's it. 14 yep. days for a dollar. And we're opening, dollar. we're only opening this up to 50 people, guys, because we want to make sure the experience is great and making sure that all the nutrition, because we're still getting individual calories, all the rest of it. So we make sure the experience is seamless um, for those 50 people. We're going to take on 50 people each month. So with this, like it, it's going to open and it's going to close pretty much within 24 hours yep. um, because it's going out to our email list, going out on our socials and those 50 people and the people who, who couldn't afford the, the higher end coaching. So it's going to go... Um, and it's going to be gone. Yep. So if you want to do it, if you find the link wherever you need to find it, email us or just message Jace. And, um, I'll put it in the tom- podcast if we have it by then. If not, send yeah. us a message because um, this will be dropping the morning that that wait list opens. So we may not have everything right as it opens, but send us a uh, message, DM us on um, on Instagram or you know, either one of us or on um, probably me. Yep. I'm a little bit more yeah. to those things. Um, always on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, this is if you want a taste of what coaching with us is like, or if you're someone who's like, look, I don't need a, a full-on one-on-one coach. I just want some guidance. I just want someone to give me something to do so I can get focused. And you want to join a community of dads who are actually driven because there are a lot of, yeah, we've got a free community. There are a lot of free communities. The thing about free communities is, you know, you often get what you pay for in terms of the commitment level of your peer group. And there'll be some people that'll be smashing it. Like there are some people who listen to this podcast and get amazing results. And there'll be some people who don't do anything with it. But this group is a focused, committed group of dads who are there to, to help each other, to lift each other up. There's a bunch of education already in the group ready for you to go through to understand yourself better, understand nutrition and training better so that you can get these results and keep them for life. Exactly, guys. And like I said, it is dropping on Monday and by Tuesday, it's going to be closed because the, the spots will be gone. Um, so you, you actually have to act fast on this because it's a ridiculous offer. One one dollar. One, one dollar. Um, all right, guys. So, so act that, find it, search, be like a, you're on a, you're, you know, you're on a mission. Be Liam Neeson. You will yeah. special set of skills. You'll find the link, hunt the link. I will Google and chase it. I will link find it. And I, and I will join. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, guys. Until next week. Uh, and peace out from us. See you later.